Great, thanks, Paul. It's a real privilege to be speaking to you today about the gospel and retirement. If you were with us last week, you remember that Paul talked about work and gave us some helpful definitions of work as a positive thing, something that we were created for, and which could take many forms in our life, maybe formal or maybe informal, in the form of homemaking, childcare, or caring more broadly. And then employment is when we're paid for the work we do, and in their return um, for a contract or an expectation, we give our time. Of course, you may also be self-employed, but again, there'll be a defined work pattern. So then when we come to think about retirement, we're thinking about that period of time that starts in later life, when we cease our employment and usually start drawing some sort of pension so that our needs are provided for. And I guess the principle of retirement is a reflection that our energy levels, our fitness, our capabilities uh, diminish with age. Of course, in reality these days, retirement may be less clear-cut for many of us. You may actually reduce your work hours rather than uh, cutting down altogether. You may leave one job and take on another. In the informal roles, it will be even less clear. A caring need may end. Children may become independent. Our homemaking demands may decrease. But retirement, in the ideal sense, becomes about being able to start to make choices about what we do with some of our time, not driven by an employer or other demands. As I say that, Experience will vary greatly for each one of us, depending on our family situation, our health, our finance. And I will know that for some, the financial demands they face may mean that they're actually contemplating working well into old age. Work may be a drudge and something that you're not looking forward to. Maybe you're a carer and the demands just seem to be ongoing. When you look at um, sites like Age UK and other sources, you see that it's generally accepted that old age begins at 65. In fact, 65, when I was a young man, it used to be the retirement age. And uh, my grandparents, I remember very well, my grandfather got to the age of 65, took his pension, stopped work, absolutely, on the same day. And uh, it always was that, that hard cut-off. I think women uh, actually were able to do that at 60. But these days, we're all having to work longer for our pensions. It's interesting that babies born in 2018 are projected to have a life period of around 80 years. That's if you're a male. If you're a woman, you do better, and uh, your life expectancy about 83 years. Something like about uh, 15 to 20 years, around one quarter of our life is beyond that age of 65. And it's a time of great change. I like to compare it to the first 20 years of our life. If you think when we're born dependent on our parents as babies, we start to um, develop and grow, education, skills develop, and eventually uh, we'll become uh, adults and um, independent, and that may well take those first 20 years of our life. 
when we start the 20 years at the later end of our life. We'll start perhaps with uh, good energy levels, health and intellectual capacity if we're fortunate. But then we start a period of change and uh, a slowing down, focusing on other things. Maybe health demands start to crowd in. And then eventually there will be dependency and again eventually death. You know, statistics tell us that by 2030, one in five people in the UK will be aged 65 or over. So for us here in the church, if we match that demographic, more than 20% of the church will be over 65. And of course, that uh, is a varied group of people. 2017, I think those aged over 65, 5.5% were single, never married. 60% were married. 10% divorced and 24% widowed. Diverse life situations. And around a fifth of the households aged 65 or over were living in non-decent housing. Housing that fails to meet government standards. Struggling to have a good standard of living. Thought it might be good just to talk about my own story in this journey. Um, I'm 65. I was, had my birthday in June this uh, year, so I'm officially old now. Um, as I said, that's the traditional retirement age. And you know what? It comes around very quickly. For most of my working life, I worked as a civil engineer, uh, commuting up to town with fairly long days and traveling a lot. So I was away sort of 12 weeks or so of the year responsible for a, a team of professional engineers around the world, trying to help them be as effective as they could. I retired from that role, coming up to 60, and took on the operations role here at the church, and then a pastoral role, doing that three days a week, Tuesday to Thursday. So that gives me some time for myself outside of that period. You'll have to find me in the garage, out on my bike, maybe in the garden or working on the house or going about kind of family stuff in that time that uh, I have to myself. I enjoy my work for the church, find it stimulating and challenging. But it was interesting when I retired from secular work, from that engineering career, it was like putting down a massive great juggling ball. Prior to that, I felt I was sort of juggling to keep, you know, work and home and church and family, keeping all these things in the air. But putting down that juggling ball of work made a huge difference to me. Coming up to this age, I've given some thought to this next phase of life. I know that for myself, I have a very privileged perspective as I look at it. But I've tried to um, reflect on other perspectives and other situations as we uh, go through today read several books, people start giving you books at this age and uh, actually I found this one particularly uh, good which is called Finishing Well by a guy called Ian Knox, fairly recently published. But I felt that was quite a good um, picture for me and a good summary of the issues facing us in retirement and old age. My other experience help has been in helping our parents uh, go through this time. My father uh, died at 75 of prostate cancer, 
He was mentally unwell as a result of the drugs he was taking towards the end of his life. And it was quite a difficult period. My mother, too, died at 80. Uh, she had a stroke for uh, about three years before she died, and uh, she couldn't do anything for herself for those last few years. She also suffered dementia, which was a blessing, really, if she didn't really know quite what was going on. But it was a difficult time walking through her, uh, that with her. Rain's parents, too, are now uh, both dead. Her mum was unwell for a number of years before she died, and her dad had then to go through the experience of being widowed. Also, in my role in the church, I've been to a lot of funerals and had the privilege of leading a number of those and walking with people as they approach death. Some of my actually most precious memories over the last few years have been with people as uh, they're approaching uh, death and uh, supporting and encouraging them in their faith journey at that time. Helping those who are left behind. As we come then to consider this whole topic of ageing, there's a video from Faith in Later Life which I found helpful and I think it seeks to challenge some of the ageist stereotypes of the world and to give us a biblical perspective on ageing. We're going to watch that now just for three minutes.
hope you found that a useful summary of uh, something of what the Bible says about uh, the value of the older generation in church life. And it's interesting when we look at the Bible that age doesn't seem to be a barrier to people taking on new callings. Rather, God seems to say that the wisdom and experience of age can qualify them for the journey of faith. Abraham and Sarah were 75 and 66 respectively when God called them to go on a journey of faith to a place that they didn't know, hundreds of miles away. Caleb, who 40 years earlier had been one of the spies sent to survey the promised land, says in Joshua 14, And now, behold, I am this day 85 years old. I am still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength now is as my strength was then, for war and for going and coming. So now give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day how the Anakim were there with great fortified cities. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall drive them out just as the Lord said. Age had not diminished his passion for the kingdom. If you're not feeling quite as strong at 85 as you were at 40, you can take an example from um, others in the Bible. In Luke 2, we read about the prophetess Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshipping with fasting and prayer, night and day serving God faithfully day by day into old age. And we know that the Bible tells us about many who serve God faithfully into old age. Moses was 120 when he died. Joshua and Joseph, both 110. And David, it says, was old and full of years. Psalm 92, verse 12 tells us, the righteous flourish like the palm trees and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Beautiful picture, isn't it, of uh, in old age, still full of sap and green, still declaring the faithfulness of God, that he is my rock. There is no unrighteousness in him. So what can we draw out of this? And uh, for us, generally, as the church, we're often encouraged to say about our children, aren't we, that they're not the church of tomorrow. No, they're the church of today. Similarly, I'd like us to, to know that the older generation, the retirees, we're not the church of yesterday, but the church of today. Yes, of course, for those of us who are older, it's about raising up young men and women, but it's also about fulfilling the role that God has given us now. As church leaders, we need to recognize that this is not the 
older generation doing things because there's no one else. No, this is their time to serve in this way. These are people to be valued with time to give, with resources and skills and gifting to serve, with maturity and experience and with faith built through living life and seeing God's faithfulness over the years. Actually, this is the real powerhouse of the church. But for those of us who are in this bracket of the old, (laughs) in this later stage of life, there are some lessons, I think, that we need to learn when we think about old age, when we think about retirement. Firstly, don't waste your time. Energy levels may be a bit diminished, but the need for the dignity of meaningful activity is still there. I know for many of us these days, we're drawn into childcare, caring for parents, maybe a partner in later life. But still there'll be time for serving the church and the community in other ways. Obviously, as we've seen over this 20-year period, energy levels change. The things that we do will change. But there's still that need to be meaningfully occupied. We can't spend all our time in hobbies and travel and tidying the garden. They're not bad in themselves. They're some of the pleasures of being retired. But we need to keep those things in proportion. We need to keep to plan to keep serving the community. Secondly, build the church. Play your part. 2 Timothy 4, 7 records Paul's words as he comes to the end of his life. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. We want to keep running, well, or at least fast walking, right up to the finish line. Hebrews 12, 1 encourages us to run with endurance the race that is set before us. The nature of the track may change. The speed of the race may change but we want to keep pursuing God right to the end in whatever course he's set for us. Your wisdom, your energy, your time, your prayer, your encouragement of others, it's vital to us as a church. Old men, you're the ones who've got to dream those dreams that are referred to in Joel and again in Acts. If you don't bring those to us, how will the church hear them? Just as a little aside, we often find lovely verses in Ecclesiastes and a verse about don't live in the past. Sometimes as older folks, we can do that. It used to be like this. I remember that. Ecclesiastes 7.10 says, Say not, why were the former days better than these? For it's not from wisdom that you ask this. Thirdly, in retirement, declare your testimony. We've seen it in some of those verses we've looked at earlier. Psalm 71. So even to old age and grey hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those to come. Psalm 78 says, Things that we have heard and known, that our fathers have told us, we will not hide them from their children but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord 
and his might and the wonders he has done. You have a testimony. You've proved God. You've seen him move. There's something to share, both in witnessing to those who don't know Jesus, but also in discipling the next generation, both your natural children and grandchildren, and actually your spiritual children and grandchildren in the church. Keep declaring your testimony. And fourthly, spend time with Jesus. We've talked a lot about retirement, releasing time from employment. But you'll often hear people in retirement say, I've never been so busy. I don't know how I managed to find time to go to work. Make good decisions about your time. There's always time for what's really important to you. Maybe this is the opportunity to find out what it means to pray without ceasing. You've more opportunity now than when all those other things were crowding in. Make it a priority to spend time with Jesus, not just to fill your time with other things. And fifthly, in older age, keep changing. Keep being open to God's work in you. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the image, into the same image, sorry, from one degree of glory to another. God is constantly at work in us to refine us and to change us. And I see absolutely no evidence from the Bible that this diminishes with age. It's the world which says, I'm too old to change now. I've always been like this. God says the work of the refiner's fire is not yet finished. Changing you to be more like Jesus. Be open to that change in your life. And finally, in this period of old age, this period of retirement, prepare well for the end game. There's an, inevit there's an inevitability about the fact that we will one day see Jesus face to face. Indeed, for us as Christians, it's something we rejoice over. There's no fear in death. It's just the process of getting there that we're not so keen on. But even there, Psalm 23 says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. If it's, there, if it's me there with you in your final moments, that's the sort of verse I'll be reading to you as I've read to a number of others. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. If you're married, either you or your partner will be left alone. Very hard after many years of being together and there's grief and there's loss and loneliness to cope with. Dementia occurs for many. Difficult times. My mum, who went through dementia, would have hated the thought of it. But it was the route for her, and fortunately she didn't know too much about it. But even there, as we journeyed together through it, there were times of fun and laughter together. And finally, when we think about the end game, I find it tragic when at the end of someone's life there are still big rifts in families. Maybe sometimes 
it's so difficult to put these things right. But we need to pray for it. We need to long for it. Romans 12, 18 says, If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Put things right. We've had some great stories in Bexhill recently of just how God has brought breakthrough in family situations, reconciliation, an unbelieving God for much more of that across our church family. So those are my points to take into old age and requirement. So as I conclude, let's just summarise. Church, for you, let's recognise and celebrate the older generation amongst us. Let's value afresh all that they are and contribute to our life together. For each of us, make sure we're prepared for this phase of our life which will come more quickly than we expect. For you, older generation, don't waste your life. Recognise your role as the church of today. Use your giftings and your wisdom to build up the church. Invest in the younger generations, those who are in your natural family and your spiritual family. Keep sharing your faith. Keep pressing into Jesus. Let him continue to change and refine you. Keep trusting him for every aspect of this stage of your life on earth, knowing that he is faithful. Amen. We're going to be putting up just one or two blogs over the next uh, couple of days on our website, one or two um, from the congregation, shared stories about what retirement means to them. And even one of our our members there recounting a prophetic uh, word that came to him in a dream and and a vision um, about continuing to use his voice, which I found really very helpful as we came to this topic. So I'd encourage you uh, to look out for those over the next few days. But for now, I'm just going to pray for us. Father, we thank you that your plan is for a multi-generational church, each of us fulfilling the role assigned to us. Help us as a church to value the older generation amongst us and to serve them well. For those of us who are older, help us to keep running to the end not to grow weary or lose heart. Thank you for your faithfulness to us over the years. Thank you for the testimony we have. Help us to be good at sharing that and communicating it to other generations. And keep working in our lives. Help us to know your spirit with us, continuing to support us, continue to change and to refine us each moment of our lives. And I want to pray for those for whom older life has not worked out as they'd hoped. I pray that they will find your comfort, your strength, your endurance to be faithful to the end, whatever the circumstances. And I pray that for each one, there will be joy and delight 
in knowing you with them every step of the way. Amen. And God bless you.